Welcome to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and I want to thank you for joining us. If you haven't heard about Coming Home Well and this is the first time listening, we especially hope that you stay and listen. Coming Home Well is a 501c3. We're a veteran nonprofit. We're based out of Charlottesville, and our mission is to educate civilians about the challenges facing our veterans as they return home from war. Now, as part of that, we talk to a great number of organizations and charities and people who do things on behalf of veterans. And this week is no exception, but it's it's really a special one because we are talking with Ken Falk with Boulder Crest. Now, Boulder Crest is one of those organizations that are making a fantastic difference in the lives of not only the veterans that served, but their families as well, improving their physical, emotional, spiritual, and economic well-being by helping them overcome some of the challenges and some of the limitations that they're finding. And as we learn talking with Ken about really moving past and overcoming the challenges that they've been facing. Like so many of our interviews with these great organizations, we weren't able to get the entire thing on the radio. So please go listen to the podcast and learn all about the great work that Boulder Crest is doing. Welcome to Coming Home Well. Today we have a very special guest, Ken Falk. He's the chairman and founder of the Boulder Crest Foundation. And we're going to talk what Boulder Crest does, but it's a fantastic 501c3. It's a charity. Now, Ken is a 21-year combat veteran of the Navy's EOD program. Now, if you don't know much about EOD, these guys do it all. They're the ones everybody calls when they don't know what the heck to do. He's a retired Master Chief Petty Officer, and not only has he started the Boulder Crest Foundation, he's a CEO, he's done multimedia companies, he's one of those people that just, I must just start companies because he finds an idea and really likes to do stuff, and then he makes them and grows them and then sells them and moves on to another new challenge. Now, Mr. Falk, thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Well, thank you, Tyler. And uh, call me Ken, please. Mr. Sure. Falk, I think it's my dad when somebody calls me that. Well, you know, we always try to be as uh, formal <laughs> as we'd like uh, our folks to be. I really appreciate you joining us because the Boulder Crest Foundation and all the other components are really something that we think our listeners would like to know more about, especially in the middle of the pandemic. Now, what can you tell me Boulder Crest does? Well, Boulder Crest um, owns and operates two beautiful uh, centers, what we call post-traumatic growth academies, uh, one here in Bluemont, Virginia, and uh, one in uh, Senoida, Arizona, just south of Tucson. And then the third thing we operate is something called the Boulder Crest Institute for Post-Traumatic Growth. So it's our belief uh, that, that men and women can come home from war 
and and attain post-traumatic growth in their lives and not just be not live with what what maybe the mental health community refers to as a new normal. So we do really two different programs. We have a series of programs called PATH, which stands for Progressive and Alternative Training for Healing Heroes. We have a Warrior PATH program that we do uh, once a month, and that's uh, we had uh, 10 of those in a year are for male and two for female. And then we also, when when we're not using the facility for our PATH program, we open up the facilities to uh, what we call family R&R, rest and reconnection stays. So if you're a combat veteran, if you've been honorably discharged and you need a break with your family, you can come here and stay uh, once every other year for two to seven nights in kind of a retreat setting. So um, those are the two major programs. We actually have a family PATH program, and then we do a couples and a caregiver program as well. And we do those in partnership with another small nonprofit called Songwriting with Soldiers. So we have um, a mix of programs, and we and we seem to always be be busy. So um, that's kind of what Boulder Crest is. And now I've seen the pictures. I've actually driven by there in other times. It is absolutely beautiful. So just for our guests to understand, it's it's sort of Northern Virginia on the way out to West Virginia. Is that right? Yeah, we're um, Bluemont, Virginia is directly between Leesburg and Winchester and just right off of uh, Route 7. So it's uh, it's technically Northern Virginia because we're on the western side of Loudoun County and still in Loudoun County. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's you know, between Leesburg and, and uh, Winchester. And as the crow flies, only about a mile and a half from, from, the, uh, from the tip of West Virginia. So one of the neat things about your program is it's not, hey, you have PTSD, you need to get used to it and control these symptoms, but it's really growing and understanding what's going on and then moving past it to have a, a better normal, not a new normal. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, what, what we have found in the mental health community is that it really focuses on symptom reduction only through talk therapy and pharmaceutical solutions. And that you can surely reduce, through those two methods, you can surely reduce your symptoms. But as the mental health community says over and over again, you have to get used to a new normal. And, and what that means is to live kind of, in my words, to live uh, with a diminished version of yourself and not to thrive. And I think, although I think this program works for anybody, I, uh, anybody that, that, that could achieve post-traumatic growth in their life, there's certain, certainly groups of people that it doesn't work for, which, uh, which I'll talk a little bit about, and that's severe mental disorders, things like schizophrenia, severe bipolarness, um, those types of, of issues that we just can't uh, 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 help with. And it also is difficult when you have somebody who is actively using um, a lot of drugs and alcohol. Um, we have had folks come through that that are uh, are probably using too much alcohol, um, but, you know, really they need to detox before they come through the program. But the concept of this, of, of post-traumatic growth is that in times of stress and, and trauma, that we can take a knee and we can actually become a better version of ourselves. And I tell you know, for the military listeners, I say, this is exactly what we do in the military, right? We bring you in off the street. We, we, we shave your head. We take everything away from you, give you a whole new wardrobe, uh, a, a whole new look. And in a relatively short period of time, we take civilians like you, like me, who may not have been on the best path in life and, and, and make you into a pretty remarkable soldier. Um, 
And, and that's kind of post-traumatic growth is that we, we really see this ability to grow from a very stressful uh, uh, situation. And then we get out of the military and you start to lose things like your tribe, like your, like your, your brotherhood, your sisterhood. And, and that is different. And you don't have that, that support network around you like you had in the military. Um, and we start to struggle and, and get through it. And, and, and what we try to do is tell everybody that struggle is normal and trauma is normal and the response to trauma is normal. But how we come out of that uh, is not normal. We, we, if we work hard, and we make the right choices in our lives, we can really become a much better version of ourselves. Yeah, one of the hardest things for folks to understand is, is especially when they're not exposed to these sort of trauma events, everybody's different. So one person could be exposed to very, very horrible things and come out and be totally fine, like, yeah, okay, that didn't, no big deal. And the same other person sitting right next to them going through the same things would just have a significantly different reaction. And especially when they get out of the military, they find their families are not responding well because they're there much more often. And that's why I thought the family program was pretty amazing because you have the warrior's path and you also have the families and merging those two together because it's a very hard challenge to explain new and normal and get people to buy in. How hard is it for families to buy in to some of the uh, changes? Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing is what I tell everybody is that as all these symptoms, if you will, depression, anxiety, PTSD, all of those are transferable, uh, let's say contagious throughout the family. So if you come home from war and you, you, you're in your house and you're acting like a jerk, <laughs> you know, that's going to affect everybody in the family. And, and I think that that's really what we try to do is it make the family inclusive. Yes, we have a warrior only program. Yes, we have a couples and a caregiver program for the spouses. Um, and it's not just caregivers, it's really just a spouse program. Um, and, and that we try to make the whole family unit um, inclusive in the process of, of, of getting better. So in addition to the Warrior Path, and, and how long, and I meant to ask, how long is that? Warrior Path is an 18-month program that starts with a seven-day, we refer to it as an initiation here at one of our uh, post-traumatic growth academies. So they come here for a, basically a seven-day, very, very intense um, session where we go from about 6.30 in the morning with physical training, very similar to military training, and we end at 8.30 at night around a fire and talk about how the day went. Um, And that's seven days. You graduate that that initiation process, and then you launch into an 18-month online uh, program. We have an app called MyPath, which takes you on this 18-month journey um, to to really understand the science of post-traumatic growth and to continue to have you working on on your practices. So it's almost like a boot camp and advanced training, but over 18 months, like a cohort gets together. Now, do they go and keep in communication and that kind of thing as a group? They do. They, and, and, you know, in every program, uh, somebody rises to the top as the leader of that, that cohort, and they, they go through this 18-month journey. We have one or two guys or gals that will drop off throughout the journey um, because they either, they're either – 
you know, the assumptions we make is that they're either doing very well on their own or they're doing so bad that they don't, they, they, they don't want to come back. But for the most part, it's, it's onesies and twosies. It's not a lot of people that drop out. And, and it's a training program over this 18-month period of time. So what are some of the things that are being taught at this uh, Warrior's Path? Yeah, so we run, we run a wellness model uh, that's based around four areas of wellness, mind, body, uh, spirituality, and in a non-religious sense, which I'll talk about, and uh, financial wellness. And those are the four areas where we think that, that life really becomes livable and allows you to thrive if you can, if you can focus on, on getting well in those four, areas, um, those four areas of wellness. So they also have some therapeutic activities that they do. I know that are available. Uh, I was reading online about, and the website, boltercrest.org, is absolutely fantastic. It's got most of the questions, most of the things that you would instinctively ask. But during the Warrior's Path, they are very intense all day, so you don't have a whole lot of free time. But you can also come back at other times, and you've mentioned it every other year, and just sort of stay and take a break. Yeah, so we, you know, we we really are focused on uh, getting the warrior through the program. The program is is very, um, very much interactive in the sense that, you know, like I said, we start off in the morning with physical training. Then we'll have breakfast as maybe if a typical day. Then you go to a classroom. We'll do a group kind of session and learn something about post-traumatic growth. And then we'll go put that into application and do an exercise out in the field. It might be archery. It might be a kayaking trip. It might be a hiking, hiking expedition. Um, and and on those on those outdoor activities, we're still working and talking. It's not just fun activities. We're still talking about trauma and the stress and the reaction to trauma and and, and the way to to, to self regulate because that's really what this is all about. Teaching these self regulation practices, and then we'll do that. We'll come back into the classroom. We'll have lunch. Then we'll go back outside. We'll do an activity. So we're really kind of in between indoors and outdoors. And, and the outdoors just in and. You, you said at the beginning of the of the talk, you like to go to the Blue Ridge Mountains and hike. That those things, being outdoors in nature, really allows us to uh, to bring this home. And we had two doctors study our program over an eighteen month period of time. And when they finished the study, they said the program worked for four reasons. What we refer to now as the four P's, and that was the people. Not only the people that we recruit for the program, but, but the people that deliver it. So you're not you're not dealing with people that don't get you because most of our most of our our mentors, what we call guides, are in fact combat veterans themselves. So it's a very peer structured uh, program. Uh, the place being outdoors is much different than being in a therapist's office or in a hospital or setting um, uh, a doctor's office setting. Uh, so the people, the place, the program, we've put a lot of effort into this program. We've worked with the founder of the term post-traumatic growth, Dr. Rich Tedeschi, and another doctor by the name of Brett Moore, who was an Army psychologist, um, uh, to really take this home. And, 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 and several other therapists and psychologists who have helped us create the, the curriculum along the way. Uh, and the philosophy, and that, and that philosophy that... that it's different than this new normal, right? It's that we want you to thrive in the aftermath of trauma. And as a good friend of mine, uh, a Marine Corps general said to me years ago is that he tells every every Marine when they get out of the Marine Corps uh, uh, during his career, he used to tell every Marine, don't let the Marine Corps be the last great thing you do. So our philosophy is come home from war and become the productive member of society here that you were on the battlefield. 
So it's no longer a where the military is your defining factor and the things that happened are, are limiting you. It's a background and learn how to take all those things and if they aren't working for you, make them into a better thing and, and thrive in life and not just, oh, I'm a victim, I have PTSD, I can't do X, Y, or Z. But you can, just maybe in a different way or a different habit, different style. So it's not just a limiting, it's a uh, opportunity to do different stuff. Yeah, I call it the Uncle Rico syndrome. Did you ever see Napoleon Dynamite? Yes, yes. Right? Uncle Rico's you know, defining moment in life was his high school football team, right? And, and that's all he lives for is the past. And as I tell everybody is that, you know, and, and, I, and I say about myself all the time, the Navy made me the man I am. So how do we take what we learn in the military and really take that into an application forward? Because... You know, even if you had a bad experience in the military, at some point in time, it will be the best memories of your life. And most people have these great memories. And that's really what this is all about is how do we take these great memories uh, and understand them, understand our past, but the, the good and the bad memories, learn how to live in the present and set goals for a very productive future. And that's what that's what Warrior Path really focuses on. That's our philosophy. You know, it's a, it's amazing. I always talk with folks and you can always tell the people where the military is who they are, not what they do. And they often have a very hard time when they retire, leave service and, and compound that with post-traumatic stress or some of these other related issues, anxiety, depression, it's all mashed in together. And, and then it becomes a real challenge to overcome those things. So, this sounds like an amazing program that costs tens of thousands of dollars, but how much does it really cost? <laughs> it costs a lot. Um, we, well, for, for the for the people going, not not people. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, for the people going, for the people going, it's free. Uh, we pay for everything on our family R and R program. Uh, the families have to get here on their own dime and buy their own groceries, but we even help offset that. In many cases, our community is gathered around us and they'll give us gift cards for different services sometimes enough money to even pay for your gas to get here and back but each family is a little bit different but that's what we ask the families to do but on the warrior path programs and all of our all of our our programs that aren't r and r uh they're fully paid for everything travel and everything see that's absolutely amazing because that's so often a limiting factor even with the va or getting there and doing all the things so it doesn't cost anything. You have a fantastic success rate. Most people stick with it. What do people do after the 18 months? Well, that's the big question for us, too, is um, one of the things we actually are looking at now is that our 18-month program really just becomes lifelong learning, and we kind of get away from this conversation of an 18-month journey. Um, we chose 18 months because we thought – that that was a long enough period of time to really start to change and reverse a lot of your bad habits. And, you know, they say, depending on what scientists you talk to on habit forming, they say that it takes about 21 days to start, you know, really changing your habits in life. Um, we also read some documentation and scientific data that said it takes six months at the longest. We saw, um, uh, have habitual change occurring at a year period of time. And I just said, uh, which is an EOD thing, um, 
that we would take the longest period of time and, and add 50% to it. And that's what we did. So we, we came up with this arbitrary number of 18 months. And, and I really think that, you know, what, what my team's working on now is really how do we, what can we do for people that are waiting to come to Warrior Path? And what can we do for people after the 18 month journey? We, we also run a program that's brand new this year. We've only run one uh, called an alumni training program or an advanced training program. And we brought back uh, recently, we brought back 12 women who had been through Warrior Path, all the different uh, cohorts, uh, to really tell us what we can do as an organization to better support them in this journey. There must be a significant difference. I mean, obviously, men and women have very similar military experiences nowadays, but how they react to it and, and the support they get is often very different. It is different, and men and women process trauma differently. Um, but, you know, men and women are, are warriors. I mean, it's just, uh, some of the women that we've had come through our program have a whole lot more combat experience than some of the men that have been through. But, you know, it's hard to compare trauma. You mentioned it earlier about how, how we respond and react to trauma. And uh, it's hard to compare it. I mean, we if, if you look at the at the real ground grounding of our program it's based on the on this science of post-traumatic growth which i mentioned but the best example of that in the military although i gave the boot camp example is really the prisoners of war from the vietnam war and and not just the vietnam war we had prisoners of war in every war but how these men came back 591 men who came back from war and really went on to do some remarkable things in the aftermath of what i would consider to be the worst thing that could happen to you on the battlefield and that's being captured and tortured. And not like they do today, terrorists, you know, capture and torture and kill you. Uh, but these men, these men were, were in prison camps, some of them for eight and a half years, you know, anywhere from four months to eight and a half years. And one or two of them have been, become very close to us. And we've really uh, grown to understand uh, their stories. And, and we use a book uh, called The Leadership Lessons of the Hanoi Hilton to really understand um, how to train men and women uh, who are su- suffering with trauma to come back and be productive members of so- society. Uh, and a key note is uh, uh, that the mental health community told the families of Vietnam prisoners of war to be prepared to institutional. About 30% of the Vietnam generation of, of, of warriors came home with, from war with PTSD. And that percentage is arguably true for today's modern warrior, Iraq and Afghanistan vets specifically. Uh, But only 4% of prisoners of war came home. And interestingly enough, the 4% were the ones that were in captivity for the least amount of time because they didn't have that time to bond and coalesce and and do the things that that the, the men that were in there longer. And what these men did was number one, they were trained well by Admiral Stockdale, who was at the time a commander in this, and not the senior officer, but the senior naval officer in the, in the camp, who taught these men how to live with mission and purpose and to return with honor. And, and their families were warned that they would come home and be basket cases, that they would, they would basically have to be institutionalized for the rest of their lives. And the complete opposite occurred. These 591 men returned with honor. They came home to become remarkable uh, citizens of our nation. And that's what's really amazing about this POW story. And we share that with everybody. And again, not to compare trauma, but to say that there's a population of people who endured the worst, thrived in the, in, in, in the aftermath of it, and that we can all do that if we, if we make the right choices. 
certainly it's a message of hope and not, well, it's going to be terrible forever. Because, I mean, I couldn't even imagine being a POW and tortured for years. And then, well, but everything after that, it's going to be way less of a big deal. I mean, no matter what happens in your life, you know, getting audited by the IRS or a divorce or any of those things are going to be less than being tortured by the enemy for years on end and, and random executions and all these other fear-based responses. So although everybody's trauma is different, it's certainly a uh, good lesson to learn that, well, these people can make it and I can certainly make it too. That's right. And, so, and, and we believe that, the, that, that suicide, you know, which we have an epidemic of suicide in the veteran community, we believe that the true opposite, that suicide first and foremost is a disease of hopelessness. So if you can create that hope in somebody's life, and you can teach people how to live a great life. That really becomes the opposite of suicide. And that's, and that's really what this is all about. I, one, of, one of the POWs who spent six years almost of the day uh, is a very close friend of mine, Captain Charlie Plum. And, and Charlie and I have done some speaking engagements together. I've done podcasts with him. And, and you know, just to put it into today's perspective, for six years, Charlie had no toilet paper. Right. So and, 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 and now we're stocking up on it. So, I mean, what's what's that message really all about? Is it that we can get through the worst of times and uh, and still be very, very successful? I would really like to thank Ken Falk and Bouldercrest for sharing their amazing story. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the entire interview on the radio. So please go Search for Coming Home Well podcast wherever you get podcasts and you can hear the entire story. They are doing some really great things that have turned veterans' lives around. And that is what our main mission is, is to help veterans as they return home from war. And they are absolutely doing a great job. Until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well. Coming Home Well, helping civilians better help veterans. Every Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. on Seville 107.5 FM and 1260 a.m. WCHV. Oh, baby, baby.